Hey guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti. Hope you all are doing well. As many of you guys probably noticed, I didn't post a new episode last week. That was because I was on vacation with my family for the first time since COVID. We had not gone on a family vacation for you know, a few, for a few years now, we typically go on at least one a year for my mom's birthday or for my sister's birthday or something like that, or for Easter, something along those lines. So this year we decided to go for my sister's 22nd birthday and Easter. We went Tuesday through Sunday. We stayed in South Beach, Miami at, I believe it was called the Royal Palm. I think they all have like palm tree names, I feel like down there. I mean, a lot of them don't, but like, you know, it's a beachy beachy area. So it kind of fits. My dad actually found out like later on in the trip and he was so excited, like would not shut up about the fact that the Beatles had stayed at this hotel once, like way back in the day. And like (laughs) he just like would not let it go. But I love my family, love spending time with them. It always just reminds me of different versions of myself, like different ages. It's just, it's great because your family reminds you of things that you forgot. Like we were constantly talking about things from the past and from growing up. I feel like when you're around your parents, you're just bound to do that. They love taking a walk down memory lane. And it was cool to be reminded of all these different versions of myself that have existed because I feel like we're so focused on our present selves and our future selves, like making ourselves better that we forget about all the people or I guess versions of ourselves and other people who have gotten us to where we are now. We're just so not focused on that. I guess our brains can't really handle that much information (laughs) to really think about it, but it was cool. I was like, you know, revisited by past versions of myself through my parents, through my sister. It was really nice. We spent some good days in the sun. I'm actually really proud of myself because I did not get sunburned, which I don't have super, super fair. Like I'm fair, okay? But I certainly have friends who are more fair skinned than I, but for some reason, my skin just loves to burn. So I was really strategic this time. I put on a lot of sunscreen and I had this strategic, like my legs, my bottom half would be out out of the umbrella. My mom loves the umbrella and she's big on the sunscreen. You know, obviously, like as you get older, you realize how you should have shoulda, coulda, woulda applied more sunscreen in your youth and it maybe would prevent some wrinkles and sun damage and things. So my mom was big on the the umbrella. So I made sure I had one half of my body out of the umbrella at a time and I shifted. I didn't end up on my stomach at all because I was reading and I feel like reading on my stomach is just never comfortable. I don't know if I'm the only person that feels that way, but have my legs out, then my top part out, reapplying every hour. Like I was so on it. And I have to say my client this morning, I was shooting a Pilates client of mine. We're working on a program with her. um, And she was like, Katie, you look pretty tan. I'm like, wow, that is such a compliment because I feel like I always come back from vacation absolutely fried or just totally like a ghost, like nothing happened. So it's very nice that I got a little bit of pigment, a little bit of healthy color and applied my sunscreen and only got one breakout on my chin (laughs) after wearing the mask on the flight and all that, like only one, which I'm going to count that as a blessing because I usually break out like crazy because of sunscreen, because of eating not so great. And then the mask is just the cherry on top. So very happy overall. It was nice to be off, kind of. I ended up working in the mornings on the trip just for a couple of hours before my sister was even awake because she likes to sleep in. So I was just sitting in the corner 
doing some things, had a couple of little client things. But honestly, I'm the kind of person who is totally happy as a clam if I work a little on vacation because then I know things are being taken care of. This might just be totally toxic, so don't take my advice maybe, but I do not mind doing a little bit of work but mostly not doing work, if that makes sense. So like having a couple of hours where I'm checking my email, making sure that nothing is going totally wrong in my absence, preparing adequately to make sure that I'm not doing a ton, but like the little things that I do need to keep tabs on because as a freelancer, there's just always things happening. Literally, I have seven different projects happening at one time. So it was nice to have a little bit of work in the morning, knowing that nothing's on fire and then shutting my laptop and not thinking about it the rest of the day, that was honestly perfect. And I feel like I'm going to have a future fight with my husband over this. <laughs> like I could already see it. So hopefully in the future, I don't know. That's just me though. Maybe I'm crazy. Call me crazy. But it was a really nice vacation. We got some great dinners. South Beach is, is nice. It's fun. My friends and I had actually gone a couple of years ago or not even. I thought it was a couple of years ago, guys, but it was 2019 was the last time I was in Miami, which feels like a really long time ago. And it was my first apartment in the city. I remember where I lived. And it was my first vacation as an adult, meaning not in college and not younger than college. So like when I went on my own, paid for it with my own money, like felt very adult. And that was a trip where I actually got so sunburnt that it was just the most miserable flight on the way home. I couldn't even put my shoes on because my shoes, my feet were so swollen. So it was definitely, I mean, also we're just like so hungover because we went clubbing and all that. And this time was much more relaxing, though my parents are actually just, <laughs> they are everything I aspire to be when I'm in my 50s because they were a riot, like buddies with the bartender at the pool bar, like taking shots with, it was just, it was great. I mean, maybe not shots, but like a lot of alcohol, but they were like so fun. And like we danced in the lobby, like with random people. Like it was just, <laughs> it was just, my parents are so funny. And like they have not lost their ability to have a good time, if that makes sense. Even in their 50s, they're a riot. My mom was so trying to get us to go to a club. And I'm like, mom, I love you, but I don't need to see how you would act in a club. I like not knowing. <laughs> Maybe like for my bachelorette. Do moms come on bachelorettes? I feel like my mom would be fun on a bachelorette. Maybe she'll come. Maybe she'll be invited. My sister's going to say no, but who knows. Anyway, we had a great time. My sister and I shared a room. It was great catching up with her because she's just in a different phase of life than me. But I, I've been there. Like she's 22. She's graduating in a couple of weeks. I'm going for her graduation. She goes to University of South Carolina. So we caught up a bunch. Like we talk all the time, but there's just something about like the pillow talk with your sister, you know? And being the older sister, I feel like a lot of times I do have wisdom for her, but she also has wisdom for me because it reminds me of how I was when I had a lot more of the world in front of me of like, I don't know what I'm doing. And it reminds me of how far I've come in a way. Yeah. So anyway, that's like kind of my reflection of my vacation. It was very short, but good. Like it feels like it flew, but I'm going to Mexico for a work thing next weekend. Oh my God, how did that happen? So yeah, I'm coming up on a lot of weeks where I'm actually not going to physically be in the city, which terrifies me because I mean, it's just a lot of like packing and unpacking and it's all great stuff. And I'm very, very like lucky but it's also stressful. I'm just such a homebody I've found over the years. Like I am not ashamed to say that I am not totally obsessed with traveling as much as I thought I was because I do love – I think that is a testament to loving 
where you live. That is part of it. But I also just find that I just get so frustrated while traveling. Like I just like things a certain way. So it's, it's a test of what I can endure and what I can breathe through and find my zen through. But anyway, that is what is going on in my personal world, I guess. But I do have a really amazing episode for you guys today. And it's been, this is truly just like a diary entry episode. I have a few little nuggets of things from the past that I'm going to bring in, but it's mainly just things that have been on my mind. And it's kind of an epiphany sort of episode where I, I did some realizing things, Kylie Jenner. Like this is the year of realizing things. Like truly these past few episodes I posted, I'm getting somewhere. I'm getting closer and closer to a place where I'm understanding myself and how I work in the world better which sounds totally like woo-woo, but like I literally just started watching We Crashed on Apple TV. I had to download Apple TV because I didn't have it before. So I have like 17 streaming services now. It's actually crazy how many you need to watch all the stuff that people rave about on the internet. So I started We Crashed and Anne Hathaway's character, just she is such a good actress. It's cracking me up how she's just saying these things with a straight face like, you're a supernova. <laughs> like, it's just very interesting. But I've been watching that. I've been watching Bad Vegan and obviously watched Tinder Swindler. It's just crazy how there's these people out there believing that what they're doing is right, believing that they are invincible, believing that they can scam people. It's just wild about like how many shows there are now about this. Anyway, I just got totally off track. <laughs> I've been like off track all day. This has been the theme of the day. I actually was walking to grab a hard drive from a collaborator that I'm working with on an editing project. And she's told me specifically, don't go to West Broadway, like this number on West Broadway, go to just Broadway. And I was like, for some reason in my head, I was like, oh, it's not West, it's East. I'm really bad at directions. So I went to East Broadway and I found myself in a part of town that I've literally never been in. And I was like, this cannot be it. And lo and behold, it was not it because I didn't even follow her instructions. I just walked and I put a podcast in and I was so entranced by the podcast and walking towards where I thought I was going that I ended up totally lost. And there's just something so embarrassing about getting lost. Like one of those things that are embarrassing that shouldn't be embarrassing, especially in New York. If you walk one way and you know you're supposed to be going the other way. I was actually talking to this girl I was shooting with this morning and I was like, why is it so embarrassing to turn around and just walk the other? Like, it's almost like I'm admitting to people like I fucked up and I went the wrong way, but like no one cares. No one's noticing that I got lost, but I still, for some reason, for my pride, cross the street and walk the other way across the street so it looks intentional. And that's my crazy, okay? I'm literally, I just care so much what other people think, I guess. But I've been like off my route all day today. So let's get back on the route to what I was planning on speaking about today. I wrote down a bunch of little things in my notes that I'm going to hit on today that is actually really interesting and will make you feel very small in this big world, but also realize that there's so much happening around us, so many beautiful, positive things that we should not compare ourselves to. We should see as hopeful beacons in the night that like it can still be good, even if it's not good right now. That is what the gist, I suppose, of this episode will probably be, but who the heck knows where it's going to go. As a solo podcaster, you'd think I wouldn't be so off track all the time, but truly, I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth and it's going to be good. I can tell you that. So back to vacation. This idea came from me being on vacation, talking to my dad. 
My dad and I are super close. We talk all the time about various things, a lot of times about taxes and stuff like that. But my dad has had an interesting life. Like he is one of a bunch of brothers, one of all boys. And his dad died when he was young. And his mom at the time, it was a different time. She had never worked before in a a setting where she could make a lot of money to support all these boys. So she looked for a husband, found one. My dad had a stepdad, but for the years before she, you know, came to terms with everything and came back to my dad and his brothers were all living with different families. And one of my dad's brothers, one of my uncles, has Down syndrome, so he has special needs. So it was a lot of the brothers having to step up and really figure out their lives way sooner than they should have had to because they were literally kids. Unfortunately, the reality for many, many people in this world, but my dad and his brothers, they all figured it out. They all picked up odd jobs when they were like 14. And my dad, I remember him telling me that he went early to a restaurant before school and was paid cash under the table just to chop vegetables. And he used that to help himself through school and help his brothers and makes me think about myself and how I was raised so differently than him because of what he went through. Like he got to a point where he could support our family very well and has. And I was talking to him on vacation about this because he's at a point where he's about to retire. My mom loves working. I don't know if she'll ever stop. I feel like she like loves working. Maybe that's where I get it from. I don't know if I love, do I love working? I don't even know. But my mom and my dad both still work. My dad's about to retire. He's finally gotten himself to a point where he can retire comfortably and he paid off the house. It's just very inspiring to know where he came from and where he's gotten. And it's great. He's a really awesome story. And I really encourage everyone, if you haven't gotten your parents or your grandparents' like life story, get it now because there will be a time where you'll regret not knowing. And I know a lot of people don't have great relationships with their family, and I totally understand that. But it's good to at least know where you've came from and what has built your family. Obviously, not going to harp too much on that because I've been very lucky. But where I'm going with this is we were on vacation talking about it, and my dad was talking about how he paid off the house and things like that. And I'm like, dad, did you see yourself at 26 (laughs) having this life that you have now? Like, did you see it for yourself when you were 26? Because I'm 26 now. What did you see for your life? And did you get what you thought? And he was like, Katie, I didn't see any of this coming at all in the best way. It has been so much better than I ever thought. And he was saying how he's like, when I was 26, I was working paycheck to paycheck. He had already like basically decided he was going to marry my mom at this point. Like, I think they got engaged at like 27 or something like that. They had been dating for a while before they got married. And there's a whole story there where like, it's just, it's a really interesting story. I might do another episode with my parents just because I feel like that other one was so long ago. But basically they were living together in this couple's upstairs room in downtown Annapolis where I was born in Maryland. And they were living together. My mom had a bunch of credit card debt because she also came from a large family that really couldn't support her too well. So she was putting herself through community college to be a nurse. And she had a lot of debt. And my dad was trying, like he didn't really have any savings and he was just trying to figure out what his purpose was. He was still working at a bar at the time and like didn't work in his corporate career yet, didn't know that he even wanted a corporate job, thought he was going to work in the restaurants forever. He was a manager of a restaurant. He said to me, he's like, Katie, there was a point where I was working at this restaurant, I was a manager and I was looking at the bartenders and thinking, I am making so much less money than the bartenders. Like, should I stop being this restaurant manager and just become a bartender because they seem to have a fun time. They're making good money, that sort of thing. And he said that 
it was the best thing ever for him when this other guy at the restaurant that was higher up than him, I guess he was like a lower manager and there was like a higher manager. And the guy said, Pat, don't you dare go behind that bar because you will go there and you will never come out. And that's not to rip on anyone who's a bartender, but my dad knew, he knew he was good with people. He knew he wanted to do something different deep in his soul, but he was kind of scared to do it because he was like, I don't think that I'm cut out for this. I don't think, I think I will fail. And the manager above him saw that and was like, Pat, like, don't do this just because there's like a lot of cash involved in being a bartender. Do something that you think will satisfy your soul in a way. Like he definitely didn't say it that way, but that's what I took from what my dad was saying. And so he left and he decided to do recruiting and he does tech recruiting to this day. He has helped so many people get jobs. He's seen a lot in people, has launched a lot of careers and like really truly at the end of the day, he says that he did it right somehow. And he's like, Katie, I don't even think he said this verbatim, but I can kind of gather. It's like he he didn't really know where he was going at 26 at all, but he knew, or maybe he didn't even know, but people believed in him. Okay. My mom believed in him. And now my dad's about to retire. My parents just paid off the house. Like they're doing super well for themselves. And it's inspiring to me to hear from him that at 26, He didn't see any of this. He didn't know where he was going because I feel often sitting here at 26, there's so much pressure. There's been so much pressure. Like senior year of college, there's pressure on you to figure out what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And I don't know why there's so much pressure on people to figure it out at 20. How old are you when you graduate college? Like I was 22, I guess. I think I was a little older. 22, like figure it all out. It's just so much pressure. And it's crazy. I was like talking to him about that, thinking about that. And then I was looking out at the beach. We were sitting on the beach. There was a little bit of beer involved. So I was definitely very in my feels. (laughs) And I was looking out at the beach and I saw these kids playing on the beach, like little kids. And I was just looking at the kids and we were on like a family beach. And I'm actually really happy. It was really family oriented because it made it much more chill and like less spring break like. But I was looking at these kids and they were wearing these bathing suits. And I don't know why I like fixated on this, but I was like, struck with the idea that I don't remember the bathing suits that I used to wear as a kid. I leaned over to my mom. I'm like, mom, what? I can't remember. For some reason in this moment, I can't remember a single bathing suit I put on my body before I was like 14 years old, maybe. And I only remember the 14-year-old bathing suits because that was when I was on social media. Like I had started my channel and stuff. So I was doing that. And I remember like there's like visual evidence, video and photo evidence of me wearing these things. I don't remember. Like what were these bathing suits? What did I used to order from the snack bar at the pool? What were these details from my life, from these different versions of myself? Like I, I don't remember as many details. And it was kind of scary for me. And I shut my eyes. I was like, let me try to visualize this. And My mom was like, Katie, you had this one tankini from Limited 2. It was green. You used to wear it all the time. I had to like fight you to wear something different. You used to wear the swim team bathing suit, which is honestly currency. I don't know if this is a a thing everywhere else, but in Maryland and in, in other states, I know my friends, we've talked about this, but you get this bathing suit if you're on the swim team for your pool. I was on the swim team for a few years and you like compete in swim competitions and you do the different events is like breaststroke, freestyle, backstroke, butterfly, all the things, and then the relays. And every single season, we would get a different bathing suit. And it was currency to wear this around the pool because it just showed you were one of the team. <laughs> it's like one of, it's like wearing a uniform and you're like, ooh, I'm cool. It's like when you first get your corporate job and you 
have a, a badge and you feel compelled to wear it to happy hour so everyone knows that you have a job. Like, it's just so weird. Like, why do we care? But back to the subject. So it struck me that there are so many past versions of myself that I don't really think about because like I said earlier, I'm just so invested in my current self and more so on the me that I want to be. And I can't figure out really what that looks like, but I'm going to try as hard as I can. Because like my dad was saying, I truly don't know where I will be. I try to visualize the highest thing that I can think of in terms of like happiness and security and the things that we all chase. But I don't even really know what that looks like. And it scares me to think that I don't know. And that's the scariest part of not knowing what it looks like. You kind of have to jump to comparison of people that you look up to, people that are killing it, like the Gwyneth Paltrow's of the world with the beautiful homes and Arch Digest. And you're like, is that it? Is that what I want? I don't even know. But it really does go to show that maybe if you can't figure out what the future is yet, you do need to focus on that current self and the past self. All the many versions of me, the one wearing the green limited two tankini to the pool and the one that started a YouTube channel in 2009 and the one that went through the four years of college and struggled in the library and failed so many freaking tests and got so many C's more than I will ever admit to anyone, but I guess I just did. Like I really did not do well through school, but I fought my way through with the skills that I did have I was not a good test taker, but I was very good at presentations. I was really good at group projects and things where I could use my creative skills. And so that directed me onto a creative path. So it's all about take inventory. What am I good at? There are a lot of things I'm not good at, but what am I good at? And it's me and all those past versions of myself realizing those things figuring out what I'm good at and plucking those out from the bunch of all the things that I'm bad at and trying to focus on those things. So I actually found this poem that I dropped into this note that I have that is literally so chaotic. This note, guys, you guys, if you looked at this, you'd be like, what on earth is she trying to talk about with this? Because I just like wrote random words. <laughs> That's just how I operate on the pod. But I found this poem that Nikita Gill wrote. She's an amazing poet. It's called A Thousand Versions of You. And it was so perfect with what I was thinking about that I just have to read it. So it says, you have shed a thousand skins to become the person you are today. And if you ever feel overwhelmed by the many people you once were, remember your bones have grown, but what makes them has never changed. Oh, goosebumps, goosebumps. Your bones have grown, but what makes them has never changed. And that I think we need to think about because I have spent a lot of my life running from the person I used to be because I was embarrassed by her because she was less cool or less understood. And I feel sometimes, I think there's a Taylor Swift lyric about this, but now sitting here, I'm like, darn it, I would love to be her. Because it seemed like when I was 18, maybe a little younger than that even, I understood myself so much more. I didn't understand the world and why they didn't understand me, I guess, but I understood myself and like what I wanted so much more at the time. Like when I was sitting in my pink zebra desk chair in my parents' home in 2016, making videos on Final Cut Pro for the internet. I understood myself in that given moment so much more than I understand myself in the given moment now. Because now I'm just confused, I feel like, about my life and about what I want and about why I say yes to things I don't want to say yes to and like why I'm forcing myself to do things and like why, why, why. Whereas back then, I granted I had a lot less pressure because I had my parents' 
paying for me. I mean, I had my own job at the ice cream or the Italian ice shop. I always want to say ice cream and that's just like a total dig to the Italian ice empire. But <laughs> like I was supporting myself in that way, supporting my shopping trips, right? But like I was very lucky to grow up in a way where I didn't have to figure it out all at once. And I'm so, so endlessly lucky for that because my parents did not have that. But I feel that without all the pressure, without the pressure, often I put a lot of the pressure on myself and I let other people put the pressure on me. I remember, I think back to the days when I was 16 and making YouTube videos and like really, really loved what I was doing and I was doing it for no reason at all. I I didn't need to make these videos to survive. And I did it because I truly loved it. And I loved going home after school and not going to parties and drinking and doing all the things that people do in high school, which is totally fine. Like, I mean, okay, I'm not endorsing underage drinking. I'm saying like socializing, like having a life and boyfriends and going to the tailgates and the games and all that. Like I didn't do that. I went home. I remember I would read my books, my random fantasy novels that I loved in Twilight and all that and would drink green tea. I remember I I was obsessed with green tea. I would sit, chill in my space, was so comfortable being alone, would edit these videos, film these videos, like be totally alone, like locked in my room for hours and hours and hours. And I felt so at peace. I wasn't really comparing myself to the kids at school. It definitely bothered me, but I kind of let it go because I just, I was like, you know what? I'm doing what brings me joy. I mean, There were many years in college where I really resented my past self. I resented my past skins, my past versions, where I didn't put myself out there as much and I was a little bit more reclusive. Like I definitely had friends. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to like create this false narrative that I didn't have friends or I didn't try. Like I did, but I just didn't – it didn't feel like the most important thing to me. My art, like what I was creating – was most important to me. And I kept thinking like, oh, you know, one day I'll figure it out. And I wasn't too pressed on it. And I like think back and I'm like, wow, what a nice time to not be so pressed. And I was just so focused on like the fun videos and the ideas, the new editing techniques I was learning. And now it's my job. So it's obviously anything that you make a job after it's a hobby will become a little bit less glamorous or a little less exciting. But let me get to what I'm really going for here. Okay. A lot of us have come from similar paths in the sense of similar childhoods of similar wants and needs and dreams and crushes on the boys in the magazines, the Jonas Brothers. You know, we a lot of us have these similar things, okay? We, we do, even if we've all come from different paths and different financial situations and different families. Like a lot of us have started out similarly and we all go to such different places from there. And obviously it's all based on our past skins per Nikita Gill. Like, you know, we all have these past versions of ourselves who have gotten us to where we are today, good and bad. But it's just so interesting to me. I don't know why I'm having this like epiphany realization about this very, very simple concept, but I've never been able to fully articulate it, how just crazy it is that two people could start in the same town Like I have this girl that I used to be friends with, very close friends with. We're definitely acquaintances still. I would not say there's any bad blood at all, at least on my end. We just are in vastly different places now. We both started in the same town, going to the same elementary school, wearing the same clothes, just living very much the same life. We actually ended up going to the same college. Now she's in D.C. living this amazing life as a lawyer, has this boyfriend that she's probably going to marry, and I've seen her on social media, and it's just wild to think that we were young in the same place. Now she's there. I'm here. I'm living this creative career that just 
goes every which way and I don't know where I'm going and I don't have a boyfriend and I probably won't for a while. And like, it just makes you think. And it's just wild to think about how someone can start in the same exact place. Any celebrity or any big influencer, you think about the people they went to high school with, you think about some big celebrity. I'm trying to think of a big celebrity right now. I don't know why I can't think of anyone. (laughs) Taylor Swift. Okay, let's think of her. Taylor Swift. She was in class and like sat around these people and she is now this massive star that performs shows for thousands and thousands and thousands of people and people obsess over her and just dissect everything that she puts out into the universe. And there's people in this world that went to class with her in elementary school and learned how to tie their shoes the same time she did in the same place in the same town wearing the same shoes as her and are maybe not recognized by the entire world as this superstar. They're not that. But they are still living the same complexity of a life in the sense of they have people that they work with and people that they love and people. It's just it doesn't mean that their life is any less complex, though she's a multi-billionaire, however rich she is now, celebrity. But It is interesting to think about how we can start at the same point as someone else or even above someone else in the sense of privilege. And that doesn't necessarily determine your success. And there's this story that I learned the other day about Dr. Seuss, which I actually didn't look into whether Dr. Seuss is still canceled. So I'm sorry if this is upsetting. I it's just the story. So like this could be any person, any author, but Dr. Seuss's first book which was called And to Think That I Saw It on Mulberry Street, which I distinctly remember reading as a kid. I remember what the cover looks like. It's one of those books. And his first book was rejected by 27 publishers. And this is a story like many other authors that have obviously succeeded, but they were rejected before they were accepted. After being rejected by the 27th publisher, decided that he would just destroy the book because clearly it wasn't good. He would just destroy it and move on or stop writing altogether. But he randomly bumped into an old friend who had just become a children's book editor who asked to look at it and ended up publishing it, being in the right place at the right time. And some would say, this might be a hot take, but maybe not so hot. It just goes to show sometimes that it doesn't really matter your talent at all. I mean, yes, you have to have some talent, but there are a lot of talented people out there, people who can at least do things decently well, but it takes just one person in a certain position, in a certain spot with a certain power that you know to thrust you onto a different path. And it could work or it could not work. But it, is it really all about who you know? It's just, these are just a really random thoughts I'm just trying to string together, honestly. But it's just crazy to think how we're all out here living complex lives alongside one another. And I was actually, I talked a little bit about this on Instagram and someone DM'd me and led me to, this is the cherry on top of the episode, this new word that I learned, which is called sonder. It's a word. Well, okay, let me get into it. So it was coined by this man named John Koenig in 2012. And he has this project, which is now a book that I ordered on Amazon yesterday. So I'm going to get it tomorrow and I'll let you guys know how it is, but it's called the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows. And basically his project, the whole goal is to come up with new words for emotions that currently lack words. And sonder, which is inspired by German sonder, which means special, and French sonder to probe. And here's what the word means. So I do want to say a follower DM me about this word. And then another one 
DM me after that and let me know that she actually used to nanny for the guy who invented the word. So like, how crazy? Small world. But sonder is a noun and it means the realization that each random passerby is living a life as vivid and complex as your own populated with their own ambitions, friends, routines, worries, and inherited craziness, an epic story that continues invisibly around you like an anthill sprawling deep underground with elaborate passageways to thousands of other lives that you'll never know existed in which you might appear only once as an extra sipping coffee in the background, as a blur of traffic passing on the highway, as a lighted window at dusk. And I'm not going to lie, at first when I heard this definition and then I went to the YouTube channel that he made and watched the video because there's a whole video as well that he made for this word and it just really put things into perspective for me. At first, it made me feel really overwhelmed. It made me feel simultaneously very small in this big world of many, many other people with many, many other stories. But it also made me feel very seen and kind of reassured in a way. And I thought about this more when I was on my adventure earlier today when I was lost walking around and I was passing by all these people, all that probably know where they're going or maybe they don't, but they were all living in their very own complex, vivid lives. And I I thought like, if I just quickly divert from my path, which I didn't even know what my path was at the time, but where I was walking down the street, like what if I just reached out and grabbed someone or not? Okay, that's like not what I mean, but like what if I just like stop someone on the street and spoke to them, asked them for directions or something like that. What if I did that? Like probably a very small moment, like a little blip in their story, but still just like that, I am a part of their story. Something they probably won't remember that I probably won't even remember next week, but it's still a part of my story and it could even become a larger one. Like who knows? And all it takes is just like stopping one person on the street and speaking to them and then you're part of their story. But like he said in the definition, it's like you are just, you're an extra appearing one time, like, or maybe more than that. Maybe you can graduate to being a secondary character or however you call that. But isn't that wild? Like the before 2012, this wasn't even a word. Like there wasn't a word for this realization that people are out there living these super complex lives. And even if we don't come from the same places, people's lives are still as complex. And, or if we do come from the same places and I mean, maybe that says a lot that we don't pause. Like the fact that it wasn't a thing until 2012, like maybe this says that we don't pause enough or often enough or long enough to think about other people apart from how other people might see us. Like we look at ourselves in the reflection of a passing building. Don't say you don't do it because you definitely do. Like catch sight of yourself and you're like, okay, this is how other people are seeing me right now. People on the street that I don't know, this is how they're seeing me. That's the only thing that I think when I'm like passing strangers. Like maybe not they're looking at me necessarily. Like do they think my jacket's cool or whatever? But I don't think that they really think about what I ate for breakfast or maybe how much money I'm making. I don't know what people think. I don't know what I think. But we're so fixated on whether or not people like us or agree with us that we don't really think as much as we should about them in the sense of like really thinking about them and what they're doing that is completely separate from us. And I guess it makes sense because I guess our brain doesn't really prioritize that, like survival instincts and all. We consider how everyone else will affect us. And like, that's really like, will they hurt us? Will they help us? Like that is the survival instinct in us thinking about that. How someone else's success that we covet will maybe affect how we perform and how we view ourselves. And I guess we're just kind of obsessed with ourselves, but it helps to consider 
the sonder of it all. It really does kind of reassure you in a way how other people have their own plots, their own characters and settings in their lives. It kind of helps us make sense of why people react the way they do to the things that they do. If like someone's mean to us for no reason, it's likely due to like a page or chapter in their story that we know nothing about and probably have no tie to at all, nor ever will. But it really just gets you thinking about our involvement in other people's lives or we're just not involved. Like this isn't about us. It's about like everyone else is just out there doing it. And it makes me feel better. I actually asked on Instagram for people to submit yesterday just positive things that were happening. Like what is something good that's happened to you recently? And reading all of those things, at first I was like, is it bad for me to put this out there in the world? Like all these good things people are doing and things that have happened to them because will it make people feel sad if they don't have good things happening to them. But I was struck by how some of them were huge. Like I graduated from law school or like big, big things. But some of them were like, Delta found my lost luggage or like just really cute. Like I realized today that I'm over my ex or not that these are small things by any means, but just things that makes you realize like, oh, wow, I realize that I'm over that too. Or like, I realize that too. Wow, that is a really good thing. But it also, when you're looking at all these stories, these all these people, like I was seeing all these little bubbles of these people's faces that had answered this prompt that I had. And I was looking at all these faces thinking, wow, I'm never going to know what this girl's laugh sounds like or how this girl takes her coffee or how this guy asked his fiance to marry him or just anything like that. Like there's so many details of other people's stories we'll never know, which can make you feel oddly sad for a second. But also it makes you feel like, wow, my life is so lovely and great and I have all these great people in it. And these other people have lives where they have a lot of other people in it that love them. And it's just kind of beautiful to think about it, that we're all out here living our stories. Some of us will intersect at times, even if it's for a negative reason. Like some people will make TikToks and stuff about how they don't agree with an influencer or they're mad at someone, mad at Revolve Fest and like all this stuff. But when you take away all the negativity for a second and you just think about it, we are all living these lives that are good at times, but also really hard. And when the world is freaking us out for a second or our own lives are exhausting, like you have to think about like today is the best day of someone's life. Like today is a day that someone got engaged. Someone got over their ex. Someone got a really amazing panini. Like today is a really great day for someone else. And it might not be my day, but it's great to know that there's still good things out there happening like that. It, people have these complex lives and they are doing these things. And we are all kind of in this together, even if we are separately in it together, if that makes sense. Like we will never cross paths with these people necessarily, like physically. We'll never. Actually, there's no way to meet everyone in the world. There's just no way. But it's just interesting to think about all that. I don't know if that made any sense at all, but the sonder of it all is super interesting. So that's just a little food for thought. You guys are probably gonna have a lot of follow-up things to let me know from this episode. Like anything you're thinking, please DM me. I love hearing it all. I truly do. So shoot me a DM. I'd love to talk about this further. There's definitely some things I didn't think of in this concept, but from John Koenig's Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows, there's some other words, like a lot of words. There's a whole book about it, but I wanted to read a few others because it's just crazy how these are emotions. It kind of makes you feel like that TikTok tremor. It's like, I've never had a unique thought ever because you realize with TikTok, like I'm not special. Like people out there have the same exact thought as me when I open the fridge or when I do this, when I'm late somewhere. Like it's just crazy how we're all so connected yet not at all. So, okay, a few words I'm gonna read. This is called agnathesia. It's a noun and it's the state of not knowing how you really feel about something, which forces you to sift through clues hidden in your behavior. 
as if you were some other person, noticing a twist of acid in your voice or an obscene amount of effort put into something trifling or an inexplicable weight on your shoulders that makes it so difficult to get out of bed. So it's the state of not knowing how you feel. So you have to sift through hidden clues in your own behavior. Like, I'm mad, so why am I mad? Or like, am I mad? Or like, just what an interesting word. Okay, so that's one. Another one is midding, M-I-D-D-I-N-G. It's a verb, feeling the tranquil pleasure of being near a gathering, but not quite in it. Hovering on the perimeter of a campfire, chatting outside of a party while other people are dancing inside, resting your head in the backseat of a car, listening to your friends chatting up front, feeling blissfully invisible, yet still fully included, safe in the knowledge that everyone is together and everything is okay with all the thrill of being there without the burden of having to be. I honestly feel this like all the time living in New York because I could be fully alone in my apartment by myself as I am right now. And here there's like a bar a few doors down that always like has the games on. And on the nicer nights, there's like a little outdoor area like everywhere in New York now. And I hear people cheering for their team. I don't know what the team is. I don't know what the sport is. I don't know anything, but it makes me feel warm inside that other people are out there cheering and having fun with their friends. And it makes me, even if they're not my friends, they're like literally not even people I know, but it makes me feel warm inside and I don't feel the need to be there. I don't have the FOMO because I don't know these people, but I'm happy for them, you know? It kind of goes back to the whole sonder of it all, like just knowing that other people are having these lives and I'm like, you know what? I'm happy for them. Like it's okay to, to see someone else having a good time and being happy and successful and not feel this pang of, wow, I'm a failure. I mean, not that it's okay, but it should be a thing that we do more often celebrating other people's success because it is in a way showing us that it's possible to feel that way if we're not feeling that way in that given moment, if that makes sense. Okay, another word that I'm going to read, actually the last one because I realized I've been talking for a lot today, guys. Wow, I just chatty Kathy over here, chatty Katie over here. <laughs> Someone actually like back in the day suggested that I call my podcast chatty Katie and I was like, I just can't do that with a straight face. I'm sorry. Okay, this word is after some. And it's an adjective. And this is the definition. Astonished to think back on the bizarre sequence of accidents that brought you to where you are today. As if you'd spent years bouncing down a pegboard, passing through a million harmless decision points, any one of which might have changed everything, which makes your long and winding path feel faded from the start, yet so unlikely as to be virtually impossible. After some. Okay. Honestly, I feel this sensation, this adjective all the time. I wish that there was a used in a sentence option here, like on this blog that I'm reading this on, which is Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows blog. But after some, okay, thinking back on the bizarre sequence of accidents that brought you to where you are today. I mean, they call it happy accidents for a reason. It's like you bump into someone and you're mad at them for bumping into you, but like they could be your new best friend. Like it's just that or getting fired from a job and realizing it was the best thing ever. And then looking back and thinking, wow, how did that happen? Like how how did I, like people that meet their husbands because they went out one night and met them in a bar, which I'm always just astonished by these stories. Like, okay, I'm also just like, really? Okay. But if they hadn't gone out that night, if they hadn't decided that they needed a drink because they failed some test or I don't know. It's all these things, these happy accidents that lead us to where we are. But then we look back, we're like, how is that possible? Can someone else live their life the same way I did and get the same result? Like, is it possible? All these words, all these made up words that are, I think, real words now just really makes you think, guys, what are some feelings out there that don't have a word? Like, I'm trying to think of some 
off the top of my head and I can't think of them, but there's definitely a million feelings and sensations I've experienced. And I'm like, I don't know what this is called, but I'm going to cite these in the sources of my episode on the show notes. If you guys want to read some more words or buy his book, I will definitely be posting a lot of the book on my Instagram story. I can already see it now into the future. I can see it. But anyway, guys, thanks for listening to this episode. I almost just said thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. You guys are happy you're not watching me right now because I, my hands are waving like a wild person in this episode because I just, I have a lot of things to say, I guess. I haven't really spoken to too many people in the past few hours. So I just have a lot of energy. I just drank a whole kombucha and I don't know if that does anything to the energy levels, but my gut is happy, I think. Anyway, that is it for today's episode, guys. An extremely long episode of Thick and Thin. Thank you for listening. Makes up for last week. I will talk to you guys all next Thursday. Bye. Bye.